most important thing we do today is pray. As we, as we pray, um, if you are part of the prayer team here at the church, would you please just lift your hand so people can see who you are? And Sylvia's back there. We have somebody in each service praying for the service. So Sylvia's back there praying for you all through this whole service. Is that cool? That's cool. If you're part of the prayer team, if you would raise your hand so people know who you are. Becky is, is raising like a good Methodist up to here. And she was, uh, and so is Phyllis, all right? We got a little, we need this be the Pentecostal, I'm waving, right? You know, so we got, that's, all right. So we got two of our prayer team. If you're interested in being part of the prayer team, please see either one of them. Because this is where healing and restoration begins in prayer. In, in establishing an emotional, spiritual, uh, mental safety around yourself, physical safety around yourself. And in this passage, it begins with God is a refuge. God is the place I go to seek safety. And there is nothing more important that we do than begin to pray for one another in that. We're going to begin with a prayer. If you would please... And, and as you pray this, I encourage you to pray for yourself, but you might also pray it over somebody else. Do you know anybody in your world who needs safety? So you might also hold them in your heart and your mind. But as somebody recounted to me this week, they figured out they can't do anything for anybody else if they don't take care of themselves, right? Right? Just want to make sure, because some of us good, nice, united Methodist people, sometimes we take care of other people and we think, oh, we don't have to take care of ourselves because God will take care of us. You know how God takes care of you? By telling you to take care of yourself first, sometimes, right? So would you pray with me? Holy Spirit. Keep me safe. In order to find a safe place. This is verse 1 and 2 of this passage, right? Keep me safe. I take refuge. I say, O oh Lord, you're my God. Apart from you, I have no good thing. So part of that safety that we establish in ourselves is recognizing some of the good things that God has blessed us with so that we can trust God to give us that safety. So what are some good things God has given you? Good health. How many of you are able to breathe today? Your wife. Good job. Well done back there. All the other husbands in the room. Need to work a little harder here today. So, so good health, loving wife, partners who help you. Family and friends, right? Roof over your head. How many of you all ate today? Right? How many of you all had the comfort of Mr. Maxwell's house? Coffee. <laughs> Diet Coke. You drink your caffeine by other means. So, there are so many things. Hi. People who love you, who accept you, 
This is, these are some of the gifts that God has given us. Food, water, a beautiful world. This is my Father's world, right? And to my wandering ears, all nature sings and round, rings the beauty of the spheres. So, we have to, it's okay. All right. You're gonna, so we, we have things that keep us safe. We have, <laughs> I thought she was taking it out. <laughs> thought the head was gonna get injured there. Um, so we, we need that safe place. We need that safety, but we also need, in verse three, uh, the Psalm this morning, it says, as for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. When you're going through difficult times, we need people who will surround us and care for us. We need people who will help us. So, so God provides a lot of stuff, and God also provides people who will care for us in the midst of our trouble. My trauma care professor, teacher, he taught me, it is by human hands we have been harmed. It is by human hands we are healed. It is by human hands we've been harmed. It is by human hands we are healed. So we need a safe place and we need a safe people. And when I say we need a safe people, it's you need a group of, of people as you're walking through your stuff, as you're saying, this is what happened, this is what I need. You need a group of people who are going to be with you but not react to you and to your loss. There are times when people's reactions to our loss is another trauma in and of itself. When, when I was, when Josiah was, we were expecting Josiah, um, I had gone to the doctor and gotten a bad diagnosis. They didn't know, they still don't know what I've got, but it was leukemia or this other disease that was worse. And, and I was sitting in my office at the church and I heard the senior pastor and the secretary talking about me and about how awful it was that I might not see my kid get born or graduate. That reaction was a trauma of itself, right? Because I knew it, but I was in a nice place of denial. It was really sort of nice. Denial is not all bad. Your brain only lets you handle what you can at the moment. So having people who, who will hear you, who will love you, but not react to you, who will receive your grief and loss and not judge you for it, who won't say, well, you shouldn't feel bad about that, right? You need a people who are going to love you and receive you, right? Would you please pray with me? Holy Spirit. Keep me safe and draw me to those who would help. So who are those people for you? How many of you all have a family member who is, who is a help and not a hindrance? That's right. How many of you have friends who are that? How many of you have therapists who are that? It's okay, right? 
We all of us need people who support us and walk with us through hell. Because hell is not God's choice for you. None of you deserve hell. Right. It's a true story. Would you pray that with me again? Holy Spirit, keep me safe and draw me to those who would help. Now, being drawn to those who help um, recognizes there are also people who don't, right? Verse 4, it says, The sorrows of those will increase who run after gods, other gods. I will not pour out their offerings of blood or take up their names on my lip. Have you ever noticed that uh, when you go through a difficult time, there are unhelpful responses we have, right? Um, how many of you have ever noticed when you need to lose weight, you notice all the donut commercials? Or the Reese Cup commercials, or the candy, or pizza, McDonald's, right? Um, in, in order for us to be safe, we need to not turn to unhelpful things, right? In America, do you know what the number one selling medication is? Not, not Coca-Cola. I, actual medication, not... Um, Tylenol, painkillers. Painkillers are the number one selling thing. We avoid dealing with our pain. This is what we do. We are very good at it. Some of us avoid that dealing with our pain by just pretending it's not happening, right? We just sort of, I'm gonna just put it in the back of my mind or off to the side or in the closet or I'm gonna bury that puppy. You know what happens to all that stuff? If you bury it, it has a way of clawing its way out of the grave, doesn't it? If you put it in a closet, it finds a way, it finds the key, doesn't it? If you put snooze on that alarm, that alarm keeps going off. Sometimes we medicate it with drugs or alcohol. My favorite way that we Americans medicate our pain is through work. It is the most rewarded self-medication there is. So we avoid our stuff. We have an idol in our country of avoiding pain. Think about every time you've learned something worth learning. You thought of something you learned? How'd you learn that? Did you have to sacrifice something? Did you have to suffer a little bit? Did you have to go through some pain? Yeah. 
There are things that I learned through my sickness. There are things I learned through struggles with churches that I wouldn't trade for anything. Don't want to go back through that pain, but I wouldn't trade what I learned for anything. However, every time we go through a struggle, is there any coincidence that our rage grew as the pandemic continued? Because we needed to be angry at something, right? Instead of just deal with our own mortality. Anger is one of our favorite things to go to in America, isn't it? We have people who are happy to help. So there's all sorts of different ways we can deal with our sorrow and our loss and our trauma instead of going to God, who is our refuge and our strength. But I plead with you, my people, don't go to those things. They will not help you. They will not help you at the end of the day. They may make you feel better for a little bit, right? I mean, who doesn't like a whole three boxes of Thin Mints when the Girl Scouts deliver them, right? Right? I mean, talked with a kid who overate Oreos because he had three, and I was like, three boxes? No, just three. Oh, amateur, right? Right? It's not going to help you at the end of the day. My hope for you is you are led away from those things that would destroy you. Would you please pray with me? Holy Spirit, keep me safe. Draw me to those who would help and away from destructive powers. I don't know what the destructive power you gravitate to, what destructive power holds you in its gravity pull, whether it's anger or bitterness, whether it's depression, whether it's food, whether it's addiction, whether it's avoidance. I don't know what evil destructive power holds you, but it will not help you. And God wants you to be free. This chapter goes on, and it says, Lord, you have assigned my portion, my cup. You have made my lot secure. Who's the one who's going to help you? God's going to help you first. God's provided. The boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places. Go ahead and, and pull that up. I see you got it on the next slide. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. What's the inheritance God has for you? Eternal life, that's, that's good, but God has an inheritance for you right now. Peace, love, joy, grace, because grace is amazing, right? I believe there's a song about that. Did we sing it? Amazing. Right? The inheritance God has for you. Um, go ahead and go to the next verse. I'll praise the Lord who counsels me. Every night he instructs me. When you sleep, one of the reasons I pray over my children is I want them to hear God. And sometimes when we sleep, it's the best time to listen because all the distractions are pulled away and our subconscious puts things together. How many of you have dreams 
about what God wants your life to be. How many of you have dreams for your kids or grandkids or somebody kind of sort of special to you? How many of you have hopes and a vision of a future that is not bleak for them? God gives us counsel and instructs us at night. Go ahead and go to the next verse. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. As I said earlier, sometimes we want God to end the storm, but God more often calms us, right? We want the earthquake, the earth to stop moving, but it's not gonna. And so we need steady legs in the midst of a rolling tempest, right? I know all of us want some of this stuff to stop, whether it's, you know, frustrations with family or jobs or whatever. But the first protection we can ask for is, God, even if it doesn't stop, help me. Help me to walk in it. Help me to find my feet in it. Help me to walk in faith in it. Help me to live in joy in it. Help me to rejoice because when you dance in hell, hell has no power over you. With him at my right hand, I won't be shaken. You know what happens when God goes with you into hell? Hell's transformed. Hell's not hell anymore. Because hell cannot stand where God is. And you, my people, are stronger than the gates of hell. That's not me, that's Jesus. Matthew chapter 16. How did we run out of time? Oh, we played. <laughs> Go ahead and skip to the last verse. Verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Eternal pleasures at your right hand. When you find this safe place, when you find this people who will help you, who will walk with you, who will care for you, when you're able to distance yourself from those things that would destroy you, you find this blessed place through amazing grace that God has for each of us that we would have life and life to the fullest. We would have joy and we would know what it is to giggle regardless where we stand. Would you please pray with me? Holy Spirit, keep me safe. Draw me to those who would help me and away from destructive powers. Give me rest, healing, in the fullness of life. We're going to sing here in just a moment, but I want you to hold that. How many of y'all are tired? The last several years have been difficult. It is the one thing, as, as I was talking with worship committee about what sermon series to do after Easter, I normally like to go into something celebratory, but as, as I've listened to people over the last year, I hear, I am so tired, I am so tired, I am so tired. I, am, I hear the fatigue, and the fatigue is a symptom of a different problem. And that problem is we have not fully healed from the stuff we've gone through. And in order to heal from that, you got to begin with that safe place. If you're tired, 
Take a moment and see what you're carrying that you don't need anymore. What are you carrying that isn't helping you? We're going to talk over the next several weeks about how to relinquish those things. Let them go. How to heal from them to find truth so that you can have rest and healing and a full, good life. Do you believe that God wants you to have a full, good life? Do you believe that God wants that for those you love? Would you pray with me one last time? Holy Spirit, keep me safe. Draw me to those who would help and away from destructive powers. Give me rest, healing, and the fullness of life. Amen. You are worth it. You are worth it. God believes that, and I believe that. As you take God's hand, please stand and sing together that God would lead you into healing and health. 